Hi, this is Lisa Tamati, bringing you Pushing the Limits, the show that gets deep into the psyche of limit pushers across all genres. Out-of-the-box thinkers, cutting-edge researchers, leaders, athletes, academics, entrepreneurs and social change innovators and more. Cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievements, their philosophies and motivation. Join me in my quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems of wisdom we can take from their experiences. Brought to you by runninghotcoaching.com, the platform that helps you achieve your health and fitness goals. everybody, it's Lisa Tamati here, I'm Pushing the Limits and today you would not believe who I've managed to track down and he's actually sitting still for five minutes but I've got Ben <laughs> Warren, Ben Warren all the way from <laughs> Havelock North and uh, from Be Pure and uh, many and many of my listeners will know of Be Pure and Ben Warren and all his work, he is literally everywhere on the net that you can possibly think of and does a huge amount of work around uh, educating people in nutrition and supplementation and has um, a number of clinicians that he works with in his business. So welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you very much, Lisa, for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's been, uh, been a while since I interviewed you last. Uh, let's, uh, let's start yeah. off a little bit. What are you doing at Be Pure and what are you up to these days? Oh well, we're up to all sorts of uh, all sorts of fun things at the moment. We've got a obviously clinic clinical team. We've you've got a clinic in Auckland now. With a so our clinical team continues to grow. I think we've, we're about up to about twenty two. I think the full clinical team, which is super exciting. Um, a lot of a lot of research. So we've got a, a hormone tour coming up. Twenty five town town or city hormone tour coming up, and then we've got a lot of exciting things at the moment that uh, I can't. I'm not allowed to talk about it at the moment, actually, but. Uh, yeah, we've got some massive things uh, for next year that we're, we've been working on for a couple of years already, and um, yeah, that, that's that's uh, coming out. And then actually, actually, not something I can talk about is, is we've we've got a new product coming out um, in a month's time, which is this has taken two and a half years to bring to bring the market, and this wow. is a product that's going to help clear estrogen. Oh, um, I want some. And so yes, yeah, so hormone, <laughs> hormone imbalance is a major problem, as you know, yep. as you know, Lisa, many women. Yep. And uh, so yeah, it's taken two and a half years to bring this to market but we're, we're I'm, I'm stoked I, um, I'm not even female and I want to take it it's, um, <laughs> I, I will take it because you know estrogen dominance is really affecting so many people in the modern world and even men even myself and uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, yeah, basically it's uh, getting this yes product. Yeah, it's, it's got product. some nuka honey in it. Um, yep. We use nuka honey and and uh, because of the benefits of nuka, so it's a nice sweetener, natural sweetener with nice enzyme activity, and then also uh, it's a uh, chocolate flavour. So I'm Whoa. quite looking forward. Well, to that. When can I get some? When can I get some? Sign me we're up about a month now. away. Yeah, we're about a month away. Uh, all being well, it's still being uh, still being manufactured at the moment, but uh, we're told it's about a month away. So it's exciting. Oh, that is fabulous. Well, well let's start on that subject: hormone health. Um, we, uh-huh. we, yeah, we just had a bit of discussion before, um, and some of the listeners know my journey because I've been sharing what I've been going through with fibroids and adenomyosis, and why the hell has this happened to me? And you know, um, and this is a huge problem. Hormones are the endocrine disruptors that we are yeah. constantly exposed to. Uh, our fertility as a, a species yeah. is dropping fifty percent or something exactly. in the last fifty years. Uh, we're in a mess. What's happening then? Yeah, I mean, basically, the modern world is set up against our hormones, particularly female hormones. And so um, when, when I say that, we're looking at these environmental xenoestrogens, which are mimicking estrogen and causing, you know, really driving estrogen-dominant conditions. And you can follow the research 
all the way through from um, early puberty. You know, puberty is occurring earlier and earlier now. Nine is considered normal now oh. for, for for girls to you know, start a, menstruating. That's which insane. Is, it's nuts, you know. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a nine-year-old daughter, you know, and it's like, wow, oh, that's just, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And then you follow it all the way through from PMS and heavy menses through to endometriosis, and then at the other end of the spectrum, you know, you're looking at these really serious health issues like breast cancer that are again heavily linked to these these molecules in the environment, these xenoestrogens, things from PCBs, from plastic water bottles, from plastics in general, skincare products, parabens, phylates. You know, unfortunately, it's uh, ubiquitous with the modern world that these molecules are around us and they're just wreaking absolute havoc on uh, on many people's hormones. Yeah, in fact, in, in Harvard <laughs> University, in the research that I've been doing, they've been putting out a, a series of, of uh, interviews and things around this being the, the third biggest um, threat to mankind. Uh, it's that really? big. Yeah. Yeah, um, after, after the nu- after yeah. nuclear war and climate change, the next one is hormone disruptors. That's what Harvard's saying. So you My know, God. this this is uh, this is really really. I mean, and, and uh, I know I've been on this journey with my own health problems and wondering where the hell did this come from, and I'm talking to other women in in their forties and in my age group and. Every second person is having problems around endometriosis, fibroids, heavy menses, um, early puberty. It's it's a mess. And the men as well. The men are having gynecomastica and and, uh, weight issues. You know, these these things are obesogens, aren't they? Yeah, they they really are. They they, they basically cause a lot of competitive inhibition uh, and competitive noise at the cell receptor site, which then means our other hormones that control our metabolism, like your thyroid hormones and insulin signaling, all gets kind of disrupted, which, uh, which for the most part, results in weight gain and fatigue. Fatigue and weight gain. Energy levels are decreased in weight gain. And so it's a, it's a, it's a it's big, a vicious, big problem. A vicious cycle. It, is, it really it, it, it's, it's, it's a real problem. And, um, yeah, in the modern world. But the good thing is that, that, that we can do things about it. We can upregulate our liver and clear these molecules, thankfully. Um, we can reduce our exposure to them. So, you know, reducing our exposure to plastics, uh, being aware of, you know, mindful of what we're putting on our skin, deodorants, things like that. And then um, and then upregulating the liver to clear them is going to be absolutely uh, key. And, and the cruciferous vegetables, things like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, are going to be absolutely uh, vital in that. So that's yeah, detoxification pathways. Let's talk a little bit about them then, filtering out these hormones. Because um, a lot yeah. of this estrogen dominance it means that the estrogen is being recycled into the body, isn't it? Because it's not getting exactly. out yeah. through the yeah. liver. Um, it's got to get out through the liver, yeah. yeah. And, uh, what can we do to support our detox- livers? Yeah, well, the first thing is to, to decrease the load. So, you know, you know, minimize caffeine use, minimize alcohol. Both of these are very, very hard on the liver. The research shows, again, really problematic. And then we want to upregulate the liver function. So that's going to be, you know, eating foods like green tea, um, having turmeric, um, garlic for sulfur, onions for sulfur. Um, and then you're looking at these real, real unique molecules that are found in cruciferous vegetables. That, um, got a class of isocyanates and, and another one called DIM, which I'm sure, sure you've heard of, Lisa. Yes, and, yes uh, I have. And carbonyl, which, which will really massively upregulate the clearance of these molecules so that they don't get recycled so we can get them out of our bodies. Absolutely. So this is the sort of thing that we can start to do to help ourselves in the process. What sort of things in the, you know, 
um, so you've mentioned p- plastics, uh, BPAs. Um, yeah. What about things like tinned foods? Um, or yeah, or uh, you know those, those plastic. Uh, you know, you get your your uh, almond milk and stuff, and it's all in these tetra packs. What absolutely, are they like? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's ubiquitous with the modern world, and so even like even like a canned food now, tin food. You know, they often have plastic linings, and those plastic linings again contain BPA. Wow. And and the worst thing about that is that you know often these canned foods are cooked in the tin, so they put them raw in the tin, put the lid on, and then they cook them. You're kidding. And so, yeah, so so you're actually then getting you know the leaching under heat because obviously under heat the plast the the plast- plasticizers sort of like break down more and you're getting more leaching. I was um, I was actually just uh, two days ago I was with uh, one of the top toxicologists in Melbourne looking at his lab and uh, he was saying that 2,000 new chemicals every week are getting registered new chemicals and and he was like well. At- at the moment, we're not even developing 20 new chemical assays a week, so let alone 2,000 chemical assays. So, you know, all these new chemicals are getting made, but, but you know, nobody… People, what are they you know, doing to us? <laughs> no, nobody's measuring them. You know, he's like, you know, no, nobody's actually measuring them, in, 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 you know, so it's um, – yeah, so we've got to minimise exposure. Fortunately, we are, we are – we're quite difficult to kill. Um, fortunately, so uh, we really are. Our systems are, you know, we've got backup systems for backup systems, and you know, for you know, our body will store a lot of toxins in body fat, but that's that's why then it, you know it leads for so many people who are struggling with their weight is because their livers can't actually get rid of the toxins, and therefore they're just storing them in fat, and um, and yeah, they, then that's why they can't lose their body weight. So when when you so- see someone who's overweight, um, they've got. A lot of estrogen is stored in the fat cells, isn't it? So, um, so they've got estrogen dominance going on. Yeah, and, and it's a it's a double whammy because you you know fat cells will make more estrogen as well, <laughs> and so yeah, so invariably if you've got you know excess body fat, male or female, you're going to have excess estrogen, um, and so you know that's you know to maintaining maintaining a you know, uh, working you know working hard as some women have to to maintain their weight is very important and. Um, Exercise hugely important, very very important for the liver, um, for energy metabolism in the liver, and and for liver function. And so, yeah, it, it really is. A, it's it's a whole diet and lifestyle picture. And then yep. there's you know specific nutraceuticals that you can take to help upregulate these pathways, which is obviously what we, you know we we do a lot of testing. We do a lot of um, we use gold standard testing where we look at um, urine testing to see the whole hormonal cascade, and then uh, and then we. We, then we you know, give people certain products to upregulate these, the pathways to clear these these metabolites or to support where needed. Wow, I mean, so it's, I mean, it's a really complicated game, isn't it? And even even for someone like you, you know, um, who who lives and eats and breathes these the, yeah. this life philosophy, do you still struggle? You know, like personally, That's, I mean, I know as as an athlete, I still struggle with a you know like. Like yeah. this journey I'm on has hit me out of the blue, and I'm going, well, hey, I don't drink, and I don't. Well, I have a little bit of coffee, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I don't do anything particularly bad. Why the hell can this happen? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you, absolutely, you're absolutely right, Lisa. I, I, I still struggle. You know, I don't don't drink too much. I don't you know, have five, six beers a year, and and uh, don't drink, drink caffeinated coffee, and 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 yet I still have liver load, and 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 that's just a modern lifestyle. Like for me, I don't. Um, my exercise is okay, but it's not as good as it could be. But uh, I, I'm very busy. Not surprised, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Hard to be everything. Know, yeah, when you yeah when you when you when you're very busy for a male, you produce a lot of testosterone, and 
that testosterone, if you don't then use it for, for running away or building muscle fight or flight response, your body will aromatize that testosterone into estrogen. And, wow. and then you and then you store more body fat. And so the more stressed you are, um, essentially for men and women, for most women too, um, the more stressed you are, the more estrogen you're going to have as well. And, yeah. and so, um, so, you know, you then look, you know, for yourself with your history, you know, you've put your body through some incredible things, you know, you're, you're world leading athlete. Um, you know, there's some stresses there that, that, <laughs> that will be contributing to hormonal imbalance, even yep. though exercise is incredibly healthy. Yeah, so you know, in other words, too much of anything is not good, isn't it? And with hormones, it's all about being in that, that Goldilocks middle range, isn't it? Not yeah, too high, not, yeah, not too low. Exactly. It's looking for the nice balance, um, the nice balance between usually for women, progesterone and estrogen. Progesterone, so yeah. Um, so just just um, stepping back there to men's health a little bit there, um, you know, like I've been looking uh, at my dad's health, for example, uh, 78 yep. year old, very robust, so incredibly strong, um, yep. but smoker. Um, uh-huh. You know, should should older males be looking at testosterone replacement therapy? Uh, you know, it's it seems to be bandied about as as this great uh, yeah. elixir of of life. Yeah. And I know lots yeah, well, of men are considering it. That's a good question, and, and um, it, it's a. This will go back. I'll, I'll step back just a second, and, and um, see. Men's systems is very basic, so I liken it to like a Toyota Hilux. It's a very basic hormonal system, a man's a man's hormonal system, and so it's very hardy. And so you know, it's like a like a Toyota Hilux. You don't generally get a lot of problems with it, <laughs> and uh, and so that that you know, except for you know, the engine blows up with no warning, which is a heart attack most often. Um, and so for men, they don't often have to worry about their health as much as women because they've got a very hardy hormonal system, whereas a women. A woman's system is more like a Formula One racing car. Yeah, we're delicate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's incredible what it can do, but it's really finely tuned, and it doesn't doesn't take you know take much to put the tuning out. And so, regarding men and testosterone, I have no problem with supporting testosterone production. Um, I'm not not necessarily a fan of taking exogenous testosterone, you know, in regards to taking straight testosterone, but. Um, Supporting testosterone production naturally, which you can do a number of ways, just you know, making sure you've got adequate zinc is going to be key. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, but you don't want a lot of testosterone and then not have the liver's ability to clear it because it, it will, your body, just like in women clearing estrogen, and then you have estrogen metabolites, which are actually worse than the estrogen. With testosterone, you have testosterone tab- metabolites that are worse than the testosterone, and one of them is called a DHT form, and that's you know highly associated with prostate issues. Mm-hmm. And so you don't necessarily want a lot of testosterone if you're not able to clear it through the liver, because then you know you're probably going to likely run into prostate issues. So again, it's you know it's it's a balance it's a Goldilocks issue. thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's a balance issue, and making sure that the system, you know, we're we're systems of systems. So uh, you know, at BPU, we take a very system uh, approach, bar, mm. systems biology approach, where we look at well, it's not just one thing we're looking at here. We're not just looking at testosterone or just looking at prostate health. We're looking at the whole picture and kind of going, well, what's affecting what and why. Yeah, because I've been, I have, you know, like I said, I've been looking into that for for dad, and um, I know my brother and a number of other guys that have had their testosterone tested, even in their thirties, and it's very low, which would be right. a, a result of our world and, and the stresses and yes. all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and it does increase the prostate cancer risk, but it it also is acts as a neuroprotective agent, the testosterone, from what I understand. Do you yeah, think it that's does. true? So it- yeah, I think it's just dependent on the form. If you've got, you know, if you've got the, 
testosterone as a, as a form, I think it's very protective and very beneficial. Yeah. But but as as that goes through the liver and gets metabolized, if your body can't metabolize it correctly through the liver, then you end up with this DHT form, which is then wow. problematic. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just not as simple as taking more testosterone. It's very, very common, Lisa. Mm. You know, I've, I've tested a lot of elite athletes. Um, I've tested, you know, a good number of all blacks. Um, and often they'll have low testosterone. Wow. Uh, and the reason they have low testosterone is because you know, they've used it all. You know, they, they train so hard um, that their bodies are, are struggling to keep up production. So, yeah, that sort of brings us to the next thing, then, uh, adrenal uh, issues. This is another yeah. very adrenal exhaustion. I went to my doctor a week or two ago, and I, I said, you know, I think I've got adrenal exhaustion. I've got this and that. She said, well, that's a lot of rubbish. There is no such thing as adrenal exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What's your take on that? Yeah, well, I mean, medically, and, it's, and really it's just a reflection of the medical model. The medical model is either you are uh, you're sick or, or not sick. And if you're not sick, then you're deemed to be healthy. So, you know, we've got this huge spectrum of people who are healthy. Um, but when I say healthy, you know, their blood test for, say, an HbA1c may be 39, which means that, you know, they're, they're, they're just a few donuts away from type 2 diabetes, but <laughs> but but they will say you're healthy. Uh, that's Well, that's not healthy. So, you know, for us, we look at an optimal range. And so medically, when you look at the adrenal glands, you know, you don't have Addison's disease, um, which is, you know, uh, an autoimmune disease yep. of, of the adrenal glands, um, but but are the adrenal glands working optimally? Um, are they fatigued? So where on the spectrum are, is the adrenal function? And so um, yeah, so um, so it's that probably, spe- you know, spectrum is that is that key word, isn't it? So when we get a lot a lot of testing done normally with our local GPs, like we're being compared to sick people. Uh, yeah. you know, in, in the ranges, yeah. so it's it's yeah, exactly, often exactly. good. It just means you're not. It just means you're not sick enough yet. You're not not dead uh, yet. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so and, and therefore, if 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 you haven't got a disease, you must be healthy by definition. And and obviously, you know, for, for we we know that that's not the case. We know that there's a spectrum of health and disease. And at one end, you have optimal health and performance, and at the other end, you have being dead. And 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 so the goal is to be as close to the optimal health and performance as possible. Um, and then obviously, disease having a disease state is, is on the way to being dead um, and so yeah we're, we're trying to get up the other end of that range as much as possible and, and you know nothing against GPs are incredible We've got a lot of good friends who are incredible GPs working with a lot of GPs and specialists but they're not they're, they're trained at the disease end of the spectrum which is great because we need that because a lot of people have that but um, where we work is at the other end of the spectrum yeah so you're all about prevention education not being the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff so much as being the, the, the one that, you know, sends the rope down to hold you, you know, keep you up and yeah, you back exactly. up. Ideally, ideally we're, we're, the, we're, you know, we're standing at the, the top of the cliff going, don't, don't go this way, <laughs> you know, turn around and go back that way. <laughs> and and that's, a, that's a harder sell really, isn't it? Because you, you, it's only when you're in dire trouble and you're in deep, donkey deep somehow, that you actually come, you know, you, you search out people yeah. like yourself. Is that frustrating yeah. for you and your, your clinical team? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, I've kind of got used to it now. But even then, people sometimes people don't realise. You know, some people can have heart attacks and they don't change their behaviour, which yeah. you know astounds astounds me. But um, yeah, I often uh, this is going to sound really really harsh, but often I feel that people haven't had enough pain yet. Yeah. And uh, when they've actually had enough pain, then they're they're ready to change behaviour. Yeah. And. Uh, 
and I know that sounds really harsh and my, my heart goes out to them and I'd love to help them, but they don't want my help. And oh, so, yeah. um, yeah, I can't. Help them. So, um, yeah, so, I totally understand that. It's the same with, yeah. with coaching and with the hyperbaric, uh, oxygen clinic, you know, you can have the best tools and you can have the, the best information in your own brain. Uh, and you yep. can, you can tell people and you can bring them to it. And, if, but it, it really change needs a mindset change. Uh, that has to happen within the individual in order for them to take those necessary steps, you know, exactly. time and again. Exactly. You see, you know, we've got a friend at the moment whose mum's sick with alcoholism. Um, can't see that she's got that, you know, complete denial of the the situation. And so right. it's, it's, a, it's a really uh, – and, and I, uh, I love working on mindset. I mean, that's this is my, yeah. my cup of tea and trying to get people to – um, understand themselves. I mean, you know, I might try and understand myself and yep. what triggers change and how do we change somebody's identity so that they then become this person who is willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, it's, yeah, it, it, and I don't know what the formula is. And, and I'm working I know, on that. You know, you're, you're an expert in this in this field from a personal level and also from a coaching <laughs> level in regards to your, you know, your coaching you know, athletes to run long distances. Um, but it's, a, it's a, as you know, it's a challenging aspect, isn't it? It's a very challenging aspect. Um, well, let's um, carry on down the, the sort of list here. Um, inflammation. We, you know, uh-huh. Inflammation's talked about a lot. Uh, inflama- the, sure. the gut is the seat of your health, really, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you talk about inflammation, another way of saying inflammation is aches and pains. And so, you know, we, we measure inflammatory markers a lot. So a C-reactive protein, it's an inflammatory marker released from your liver. It's a 10-day marker. So it basically tells you how much aches and pains you've had in the last 10 days. So inflammation is basically just collateral damage by your immune system for most for most part. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit of day-to-day wear and tear, um, but, but primarily it's, it's collateral damage from your immune system. Mm-hmm. And then we know that 70 to 80 percent of your immune molecules are located in your digestive system around your gut and therefore um, you know our gut is really the key to controlling inflammation and and um, you know having a eating foods that are not that our body's not responding to as if those foods are an invader whether it's a protein or you know proteins bacteria viruses and and so yeah getting the gut working really well is an absolute key to controlling inflammation so what, what, um, let's talk about the connection between the gut and the brain because that's a very – I mean, that's something that I've been uh, – once again, you know, neurological yeah. issues and concerns, uh, having optimal brain function and wanting your brain, sure. your memory to be working fine. There's a real close connection there, isn't there? There is, yeah. There's a number of uh, the gut-brain axis now. There's a number of pathways through which the gut kind of talks to the brain from a physiological aspect. Uh, a lot of our – neurotransmitters and precursors to our neurotransmitters things like um serotonin is is manufactured in our digestive system manufactured in our gut and and so if you've got gut dysfunction from a neurotransmitter balance aspect there's going to be problems as well so um yeah it's a very very strong relationship now that they've established on a number of pathways you know with this gut brain axis so that's it's avoiding things like your gluten your your your, yeah. your typical uh food foods that cause intolerance run us through a list of things that okay it's individual yeah. and we, you you know we're not we're not talking to 100% of the people but what do you generally yeah. see as the big inflammation 
foods. Yeah, no, number one would be gluten. Number one, hands down, would be gluten-containing foods. And uh, the problem is, you know, the bread we're eating now is nothing like the bread that our grandmother was eating. So due to the hybridization of grains, um, there's a lot more gluten in it. And then it's a concentration of a molecule called lectins, which, which calls uh, a lot of leaky gut in people. And, and, and so the bread's just nothing like we're eating now. So first and foremost, my recommendation around is gluten is, is if you have anything at all wrong with you, I'd recommend going gluten-free. And in fact, one, one study looked at whether whether gluten was safe for non-celiacs to eat. So celiacs, you know, we know they have a very severe yeah. immune response. And they found that uh, gluten listed an, an inflammatory response on everybody. So literally everybody, everybody eating gluten got more inflammation. And so, you know, given that, yeah, given that inflammation is, you know, is, you know, is, is indicated as kind of like a driving factor in many of today's modern diseases. We want to really try and control inflammation as much as possible within the body. So, yeah, gluten would be number one. Um, and then really you know, moving away from sugar, it's not a direct one, but with sugar it feeds the unfriendly bacteria in our guts and uh, we then start getting a bacterial imbalance within our digestive system, which really throws out our, our whole uh, ecology and, 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 and digestive system. And so, yeah, minimizing sugar. And then any food that you eat a lot of, dairy is quite common. It's a very difficult protein to break down, and most of the dairy we're consuming is you know, heavily damaged because it's pasteurized, um, and so, so it's you know, cooked. Uh, and so... Um, there is quite a common intolerance that we see as well. See, because you, you, you get this conflicting information, you know, uh, cheese is good for the bones and milk's good for sure. your, your bones yeah. and your heart and you need calcium and uh, it's a yeah. little bit more complicated than that, isn't it? So, so some, it is, yeah. Yeah, some, some, you know, like organic milk that hasn't been pasteurised, is that okay to eat or drink? Yeah, for me. Yeah, well, certainly people tolerate it much better because the enzymes are still retained in it. So like the phosphatase to uptake the calcium, the lactase to break down the lactose, which is the milk sugar, you know, so so it's certainly much better tolerated. Um, yeah, so, you know, those those sort of foods. So it comes back to quality, um, you know, very much comes back to quality. So what, okay, so dairy, uh, gluten, it, yeah. yeah, let's um, talk a little bit about lectins because people probably don't know uh-huh. that word. Um, lectins sure. are not only in in uh, th- so these are often in plants and uh, um, yeah. these are parts of plants, yeah. aren't they? That that often yeah. have they don't want us to eat them, so the plants make the stuff that makes us sick, basically. Exactly. Yeah, I mean it's just a molecule that plants make to uh, stop insects from eating them, and the trouble is that the same mechanism that they uh, break down kind of like um, cell junctures. In, in insects, it affects us as well. And so, you know, probably like cashews are quite high in lectins, but also like nightshade family, uh, so that you, it's, it's problematic for a lot of people as well. And there's a number of reasons, whether it's the lectins or alkaloids, but this is going to be potatoes, um, peppers, aubergines, um, tomatoes. So, you know, it's crazy, again, yeah, because these, these are foods that we think, oh, they're at least healthy. I've got to eat my vegetables, my eggplants, my peppers, my, my <laughs> potatoes. You'd think that would be. That would be good, but not not necessarily so. Yeah, exactly. It's very much dependent on the individual. I, I, I give you an example. This is my neighbour, um, 45 years old. He had bone on bone in his knee, and uh, they wanted to do a knee replacement. He didn't want to get it done yet because he's only 45, and they said it would only last seven years because of his job. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were completely able to control his inflammation in regards to, you know, he wasn't needing to take any medications for pain, which he was having to, uh, by changing his diet, getting gluten out, and by getting nightshades out, and by just, you know, giving him some high-strength omega-3 fish oils, which are which are naturally anti-inflammatory, giving it curcumin, which is a 
active ingredient from turmeric, which again is a COX-2 inhibitor, which is a very anti-inflammatory. And uh, we were able to control his inflammation naturally. So this is, you know, people are going to surgeons thinking my knee's stuffed uh, or my hips are stuffed. Um, I've got osteoarthritis. I've got this. And this isn't necessarily, they may, they may not need actual surgery. You know, no. and, and, and this is not logical, is it? It's not, it's not the natural connection. We think, oh, I've worn out my knee. I need to get it replaced. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about it is, is that, you know, when you look back 100, 200 years ago, you know, we weren't necessarily wearing out our bodies, you know, I know, I know. Um, oh, totally, yeah. The, the people are living living longer. It's not that we're living older, it's just that more people, you know, less people are dying young. So when you look at, um, you know, the average longevity is, is that, you know, a third of people were were dying as you know as children uh, when they were born as children, yeah. and then yeah. another third of people were dying from infections. Yeah. And then if you if you basically avoided those two, then you're expected to live into your seventies and eighties. Yeah. And so uh, with good health, and and so you know we've been able to eliminate the first two for the most part. Um, but but so we're, so it dramatically skews the the statistics to make it look like we're all living longer. It's ah. not, we're not we're living not. longer. Yeah. So, it's just that more, less people are dying younger, um, and and so I, I don't believe that um, these these things that people are experiencing are a normal part of aging. I believe that people should uh, pretty much live with uh, great health, um, and maybe just you know a couple of couple of days of downtime when you're in your nineties. I'll give you an example of that. I met a, met a farmer who was ninety six years old a couple of years ago, yeah, and he was ninety six years old. And when I met him, he was telling me his energy was getting better and his memory was getting better as he was getting older. At what? 96. So what was he yeah, doing? He, the and, and, uh, he was taking a lot of minerals. He was actually, uh, he, uh, he, was, um, he was, I don't recommend this, he was taking stock minerals. So he, uh, <laughs> in the 19, he'd been, he'd been farming Romney sheep since 1936. And um, in the 1950s, he discovered that when he gave his sheep zinc, um, that they did much better regarding facial eczema. So he was on one of the early, early sort of early adopters around that. Yeah. Yeah. He started, he started then supplementing himself and he'd been, experimenting on himself essentially for 50 years when I wow. met him and wow. um, yeah and like I say 96 years old I think he died at 102 he was I think he was still still running his station at 100 right, as a God. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what we want isn't it basically to die healthy like just at the very yeah. last days go down and yeah, not, couple, not couple have days down time or, you know, or just you know we still hear I, I used for many years I used to uh, collect stories of people dying of old age because uh, you know, you, you tend in the modern world, you tend to think that that doesn't happen, um, but it, but it still does. I just you know, just the other week, I heard a story of some you know ninety five year old died in their sleep of great health. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. They they, they just went to bed and didn't wake up. Yeah, and that's the way we all want to go out. And, you know, we instead of this terrible decline over a thirty or forty year period where you've got all yeah. these aches and pains and horrible diseases and lifestyle diseases, diabetes, you name it, whatever is out there, heart attacks. All of those things can, uh, to a large degree, be avoided if we can get ourselves together and get. And, it, and it's very, it is very hard. We, yeah. We've got depleted sores. We've got pesticides. We've got an endocrine disruptors. Exactly. We've got a stressful yeah, the life. Is against us. Yeah, or, you have yeah. to work very hard. You have to work hard because you know. Let's face it; it's much easier just to go eat McDonald's or KFC. Oh, totally. Um, cheaper too. It's, much, you know, it's <laughs> cheaper too, exactly. And so you have to you have to really work at eating healthy. Um, you have to you know it's easier to sit on the couch and watch Netflix than it is to go for a run. Totally. But um, at the end of the day, we know the benefits of that run are huge. Yeah, I mean, and this is I mean something I've always preached that you know people always said, oh, you're gonna you know, I've run seventy thousand kilometers in the last twenty. 
something is, um, you're going to wear your joints out, you know. Well, my joints yeah. are fine, you know. <laughs> I've probably done some damage to the kidneys. But... Your body rebuilds, is rebuilding them constantly. And, and, you know, on that calcium front, calcium is very easy mineral to get. Um, so even if you're not eating any dairy products at all, if you're actually on a paleolithic diet, which is like a caveman diet with vegetables and meat, research shows you get 1,800 milligrams of calcium. The optimal amount of calcium is 1,000 milligrams, so, you know, above – but the vitamin D is the key. You know, we've got to get vitamin D to absorb the calcium in the gut. And uh, 84% of New Zealanders are below 18 animals with vitamin D. So 84% of New Zealanders, as far as I'm concerned, are, are deficient in vitamin D. And so that's why, you know, they're having bone issues. Is, is primarily not enough vitamin D, not enough vitamin K2, not enough boron. It's actually not a calcium issue. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can take the wrong types of calcium. Like calcium carbonate is virtually chalk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it then, is. It's limestone. And this, limestone, is what, yeah. this is what, you know, you get – Prescribed from the doctor. I got this for you know prescribed from my mum. Um, and right, because like, like, it, it's cheap. It's, it's just, it, but it doesn't it doesn't doesn't work it, very well. It deposits in the wrong place, doesn't it? And vitamin. So vitamin D. Like, what's the difference yeah. between vitamin D and vitamin D three? That's got me a little bit confused. Okay, so the, yeah, D three is the natural version. So you, you, whenever you're supplementing, you just want to supplement with D three, um, right. vitamin D three. And so most supplements, well, if you look at the back, they'll say what form it is, and it should say D3. So you look for the D3. Uh, yeah. And, and vitamin D3 is a precursor to a hormone or acts like a hormone yeah. in your body? Yeah, it acts, yes, yes. It's got a lot of hormone-like properties within your body and um, pretty much um, – you know, when you look at vitamin D, it's, it's, it's pretty much important for just about everything in your body. And so particularly when you know, like hormone balance, every aspect of a hormonal, as, you know, regarding hormones from menstruation, PMS, hormonal issues, uh, vitamin D, the research shows that vitamin D helps. Wow. Okay. So why, why are we vitamin D deficient in New Zealand? What, what's happening here? That's a great question. Well, there's a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, we, we do make it from sun exposure, so we, you know, but we only really make it between 11 and 3 in summer. So you need to be outside in summer between 11 and 3 without sunscreen to make we're it. We're being told now, that that's people, cancerous. That's cancerous. Well, exactly. So, you know, we're, we're not doing that because we haven't got an ozone layer anymore, so you, you know, you, you're not much of one. And so you, you just can't do that because you get burnt. Uh, and so, you know, some safe sun exposure is great, you know, so literally 10, 15 minutes, depending on your, your skin. And then we should be getting vitamin D. It's a fat-soluble nutrient, so it's found in fat, so it's found in butter, it's found in cod liver oil, it's found in pork fat, lard. Uh, but, but a lot of people, you know, aren't eating those natural fats so much anymore. Uh, I, I, as you know, I'm a huge fan of people eating natural natural fats, um, but people aren't eating these fats anymore. Uh, they're eating, you know, a lot of packaged processed foods. with Margarines with, and canola yeah, margarines oil. And, Deep fried. Yeah. Wasn't you know getting the vitamin D from the diet. So yeah, I mean, I had this argument with another one, an argument with another friend who's a nutritionist about you know um, high levels of fat because I'm I'm a proponent of high levels of fat in your diet, the good fats like your grass fed butter, your your coconut oils, um, uh, and he he was. saying, you know, some people react well to fat and some people don't, and it's not an elixir for every, everybody. Um, right. What, you know, what, what is your take on that, you know, and, and what types of fat? So, uh, obviously, coconut yeah. oil. Yeah. Yeah. For me, if it's a natural undamaged fat, so, you know, high heat coconut oil or ghee, medium heat, you're looking at olive oil, butter, low heat, no heat, looking at flaxseed oil. And so, um, avocado oil is going to be in the middle there too. For me, I, I tend to agree that it's um, that, that everybody requires different amounts of fats, and it's about eating right for you. 
Ah. And so if you if you when you if you eat fat and you get energy from it, that's fantastic. You should go ahead and do that. If you eat fat and you get tired from eating fats, these natural fats, then you're probably better off not not eating so many of them, and you'll do better off with more complex carbohydrates. Uh, and, and so yeah, chances are there is a spectrum, and um, yeah, and it's about yeah. eating, trying to yeah, trying to eat the right levels for you. And, and I talk a lot about that on my website for those who are interested. Um, we've got yeah. a, a, a your macro, like that. Yeah. So this is your testing macro, for your, your 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 metabolic type, isn't it? Whether you're a carb yeah, exactly. uh, type or a mixed type or a protein type or fat type. Yeah. So people can go yeah. to, to Ben's uh, website, which is bepure.co.nz, and take this test. Um, I've also heard of other um, – uh, listening to a podcast the other day, My DNA is a company in Australia that does testing for sure. uh, your food. Yeah. And, and this is an exciting – uh, realm coming up, we're going to be able to test our DNA, you know, and yeah. tell, you know, without the questionnaires and just go, hey, you are this type of person, you need to eat this way, or you yeah. need these types of medications, even in regards to. So you're looking at the genetic side, yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we do a huge amount of this. So we we actually have a full time geneticist here at Be Pure. My gosh, and yeah. Yeah. And so we do a massive amount of genetic and genetic interpretation, and it's an exciting, exciting field. So just from a macronutrient profile aspect, we can, you know, see if somebody's got low copies of a gene called the AMY1 gene, the AB1 gene, um, they've got an eightfold risk of being obese and getting type 2 diabetes for me and eating simple carbohydrates. Wow. And so – yeah, so you can really start looking at the, your genetics and seeing what foods that you're suited to. You can look at your genetics and see um, where are the limitations within your genes. And then you can upregulate these enzymes to get better expression of your genes, which so, is a lot of fun. So how does a client come to you and say, hey, I want to know all this? Where do they start? Sure. What's the process of coming to be yeah, pure? Yeah, we, we basically only work in programs because um, with, with nutrition, it's not a simple fix. It's it's a process. And so we have a four-month program, six-month program, and a 10-month program. So people can simply just choose which program is going to suit them and then come on in. And then it's just really a matter of sitting down with your clinician and, and chatting around what you want and then you know discussing a, 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 you know what is going to be the best strategy to get that for you. And that's including your, your genetic testing and all of that sort of jazz. You, yeah, you've got access all to. That. So obviously, the more testing you do, the more expensive it is. Unfortunately, yeah. at the moment, and um, and so you know, it's just then looking at resourcing and and yeah, and and, and looking at where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah, and this is the this is the I think the frustrating thing, even for coaches as, as well as is knowing where to invest the person's money to get the sure. best. You know, it would be great if we were all millionaires and we could just have whatever we wanted. Well, exactly. And but, it's still, you know, it's in its infancy, this technology, and it's uh, still fairly expensive. And, um, yeah, but it, it is beginning to come down the price curve and, and it's becoming, you know, to be more available and cheaper. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's an exciting time to be in the field. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. All right. Um, so, Ben, any other sort of things that you think that, or, you know, you want people to know? I mean, you're doing this this hormone tour coming up right through the country. Sure. Where yeah. can people find out about that and what dates and so on? Yeah, it's um, it, it starts at the end of the month and um, best to go to bepure.co.nz and you know, really, when you start looking at the hormonal aspect, it's for anyone who has, you know, PMS, anyone who's got fibroids and polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, menopausal issues, fertility issues, 
And um, anyone that wants to gain more more energy or lose weight, then it's it's you know it's going to be going to be for them. So if anyone's listening and, and you know that sounds yeah. like you, it sounds like yeah, come, come, <laughs> come along. And we're like, going to be at twenty five towns or cities um, in New Zealand over the next uh, three months, essentially. So really looking forward to helping people. Oh, fantastic. Hey, look, Ben, thank you very much for taking so much time out of your very, very precious oh, schedule. Thanks uh, Yeah, it's been great. I've had, I've had Ben on before and, and hopefully we will uh, watch him as his empire grows because he's quite amazing what he's done with his empire and how, how much he's, <laughs> he's changing in the world. And, and uh, my business partner and I watch Ben and we, we admire him greatly what he's doing. Um, oh, thanks. So people- I'm just, uh, just very grateful to be able to help people. Oh, yeah, you, you're definitely doing that, mate. Um, so thanks very much for your time today, Ben. People, go and check very out bpure.co.nz. Get in touch with these guys. You can't lose. All righty. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, thank you. You've been listening to Pushing the Limits, brought to you by Running Hot Coaching, your online health and fitness coaching platform. For more information, visit us at www.runninghotcoaching.com wanted to let you guys know about my new Mindset Academy. It's called The Path of an Athlete and it's all about how to develop mental toughness, resilience, leadership skills, how to overcome those limiting beliefs, those self-doubts that we all have and how you can achieve your dreams and fulfill your potential. So head on over to lisatamati.co.nz forward slash ecourse to find out all about it and get involved.